Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Tuesday to you, Golden Eagle fans. Listen across the state of Mississippi on the Super Talk Mississippi Network. It's Eagle Hour. Happy to be back with you. Luke Johnson, live from the First Bank Studios in downtown Laurel. Michael Mergens producing for us in Hattiesburg. Great show for you today. Lee Roberts, former Southern Miss quarterback here, uh, will be on with us just a little later to talk to us about Southern Miss's uh, defeat at Western Kentucky and then the UTSA game uh, a little later in the week. Kelly Sander will be joining us also. We'll get to Heath Hinton in just a moment. Bob out today, but I'm glad to be back, and uh, it's been a it's been a rough uh, 10 days or so, 12 days or so uh, for me and my house, but happy to be back with you. be talking a little bit later with uh, with Kelly about uh, some of the stuff, but I appreciate everybody's prayers and, and thoughts as we have been battling COVID-19 uh, at the Johnson House, but happy to be back on a beautiful November uh, Tuesday afternoon. I'm here in downtown Laurel. They're starting to put up the wreaths uh, on Central Avenue here, and it's a reminder to us, Thanksgiving uh, next week, that's going to be the also the start of Southern Miss basketball, and of course, i got plenty of football games left. Anyway, happy to have you on the Eagle Hour today. First segment brought to us every day by Dickey's Barbecue Pit, the home team located at 50 Cross Creek Parkway in Hattiesburg. Dickey's has some of the best uh, smoked meats anywhere with the holidays coming up, lots of sports uh, to watch, maybe get them to, to cater uh, to your house, or you can go see um, them at the uh, hometown location, both in Hattiesburg and Laurel Dickey Smoked here, loved everywhere, and we appreciate their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. It is Tuesday, so we bring in from the Big Gold Nation, Heath Hinton, Southern Miss Insider, and a great friend of mine. Heath, how's your Tuesday going? Man, it's good. Glad to hear you back on there, my friend. Uh, man, I know you've been sick. Michael, and, we got uh, Heath. Thank you, good Lord, that you're back. There we go. There we go. Hey. Uh, so I'm yeah, you're on. You're, you're good buddy. now, man. Thank God you're I back. Appreciate I'm praying that. for you and glad you're feeling better. I appreciate that. It's uh, it, uh, we've certainly have been blessed and uh, got some good health now, and, and thankful just to to be able to to think halfway straight. But anyway, Heath, uh, we are about eleven days away from Golden Eagle uh, basketball. Uh, the the beginnings of Golden Eagle basketball for the twenty 2020, twenty twenty one season. They start next Saturday after Thanksgiving up at the MKE Classic in uh, in Milwaukee. Going to take on North Dakota State. And uh, Milwaukee, I know you were in on a press conference today with Coach Jay Ladner. What all did Coach Ladner have to say? You know, I've gotten to know Jay pretty well since he's been here. Great guy. Um, just uh, somebody who loves Southern Miss. That is the truth about Jay Ladner. If you uh, get to meet him, you'll understand that. Uh, you can tell when he's excited about the team, and he is definitely excited about this team. Um, he likes the mix of the ages, the freshmen, the JUCO transfers, the guys he's got there. He says one thing that he's kind of worried about is putting offense and the plays in. 
there's no exhibition games. They're going to step right into games uh, next week. And, you know, he's a little worried about that. But one thing that he is so excited about is the athleticism on this team, the length on this team, the depth he has. You can just tell about when he's talking, he's excited about this group. But just like anything with a new group, uh, we saw it in football this year with COVID. You know, it's they didn't get in here till later, so they're not as he wants them to. They're not going to have the exhibition game, kind of like a like a spring training for football. They don't have that, so they're going to have to you know build that chemistry, forge it in fire, so to speak. And I think that may be concerned a little bit, but you can tell he's awfully excited about this group. Only eight games, really, until the uh, New Year's Day kickoff for conference against UTEP. Um, I, I guess, you know, we, we talked about it. You, you said it, or he said it, it was a good gumbo of guys, and gumbo can be really good. It can, uh, if you don't know what you're doing, it, it can be, be really yeah. bad. How, um, how concerned, or I, I guess I should say, how many games do you think it's going to take for him to find the right starting five mix? Uh, you know, the, the three deep mix, the guys that you can uh, bring off the bench in any situation. How many games does it realistically take to figure that out? It's probably going to take a little, uh, two or three games. You know, he said today about the gumbo, he said a lot of times gumbo is better after it sits in the refrigerator a couple of days <laughs> after you cook it. So, which is a kind of, you know, which is kind of a nice way to say it. He, uh, I think he knows it may take two or three games, but. Hopefully the Eagles' athleticism during those first three games will allow them to get some victories. And then that chemistry will start to build. But I really think this is going to be – this class, this team is going to show going forward what Coach Ladner can do with this basketball program. But I think it's going to take two or three games, maybe four games. But I think you can see in his eye, the twinkle in his eye, that he's excited about this group and what they can do. Yeah, I think regardless of what happens in those games, Southern Miss fans will see effort on on the court. Hey, switching over to football, you know, it's just uh, what else can you say about? And it's just an unprecedented season, unprecedented situation. Um, I, I guess Golden Eagle fans really didn't know what to make last week about uh, the the news Thursday with Jack Abraham opted out. I, I know that um, you reached out to me and said you had a little more information on that. Maybe you can shine a little more light on that situation and and kind of just uh, man, how unique and how just how Oh, how it just encapsulates what 2020 has become. Yeah, you know, uh, Jack Abraham practiced with the team last week, took all the first-team reps with the team, and then Thursday goes in the coach's office and says, look, I don't feel comfortable about playing. Um, you know, I had COVID, I had a concussion, I want to opt out. And one thing I asked the coaches in the press was, I said, did you have any idea that this was going to be an option? Asked the offense coordinator Matt Kubik. He said, "No, not not really. No, did not have any idea. Just kind of blindsided them. And for Southern Miss, when at the timing it took place, that's what the tough thing to swallow was. Because at that point, if they had known earlier in the week, they could have gave, you know, uh, Trey Lowe some snaps during the week. So they didn't have any chance to do that. They just get to walk through really." Didn't really have much practice with the, you know, with the starters. And look, this is one thing people understand: there wasn't a spring this year. Also, Trey didn't get into like a week after season is started, so he didn't have a lot of time to learn the offense. It's still, it's still a, a process to learn it. 
and it's hard for him. And, you know, during the season, you get your starters ready. That You can't get backups ready during the season. That's what spring is for. That's why Tate Wadley was so important this year, and he went down. I do believe if Tate Wadley would have started against Western Kentucky, they win the game. But, you know, it, uh, Jack did opt out, which means that he can't be with the team anymore. Um, I know there was some speculation that he might would help coach, but that's not going to happen. Uh, NCAA doesn't allow that with opting out. So um, we'll see what happens next season. But, you know, I don't think people are upset. I don't think coaches are upset about him opting out. That's his deal. But I think maybe the timing of it was not perfect in their opinion. Yeah, and and you know you you said that uh, it's important that people understand you know all the significance of that the the word opt out has been a hot word in, in 2020 and it, people need to understand what that means. I think there's a great difference between um, you know choosing to say uh, I, I don't I, I'm still suffering from a concussion or the effects of a concussion and I just don't think it's wise to be out there versus taking yourself out of the program by opting out and so. You know, we've talked about that a little over the last few days. I know Kelly has, has talked about that, and we don't want to just, you know, bring it out every day, but I, I appreciate you clarifying some of that. Um, any, any thoughts on, on the quarterback position this weekend? It looks like Tate Watley, from what was said yesterday, looks like he'll be available. Do you expect him to start? I do. I think he's been running around throwing the ball. He went on the road last week with him. I think, he, I think he'll probably be ready to play. I mean, it is 2020. Crazy things have happened. Let's just call it like it is. But I think Tate will be ready to play. I think people are really excited, especially what Tate showed after halftime against Liberty. Um, I think he's, his arm has gotten extremely better uh, since he's gotten here. He's able to throw the ball. You know, he's been in the offense. Uh, he's practiced longer. He's got more experience starting games than Trey Lowe does. I just think that, you know, it's going to be a different football team. I think the defense has played a lot better. Um, I I really do think that this would be a different season if there was a spring. I really do. I just think that with COVID and everything, it's been difficult on the Golden Eagles. You know, think about it. If Kate Watley plays this past Saturday and doesn't take a cheap shot at Liberty, he plays Saturday, and they're one centimeter different. Southern Miss is in the hunt for the Conference USA West because they probably win that game yeah. against Western Kentucky. And yeah, one centimeter at Louisiana Tech cost them that game. So, you know, it's kind of one of those weird seasons. Like, they've been in games, but it's just been weird situations that have kept them from, from winning those games. If they can get everybody healthy, everybody at the same time, they can be competitive with anybody in Conference USA. Yeah. Well, Heath, we appreciate your time, man. Thanks for popping on with us every Tuesday. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. You too, my friend. God bless. We'll talk to you later. That's Heath Hinton from the Big Gold Nation. We'll step aside. Kelly Sander joining us. Stick with us on the Eagle Out. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. On a sunny Tuesday, happy to have you with us on the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios 
in downtown Laurel. Michael Mergen's producing for us in Hattiesburg. Greatly appreciate Heath Hinton coming on with us every single uh, Tuesday. You can go uh, to Southern Miss Rivals or a Big Gold Nation. Join today. He's always got some some great inside information, and uh, he's beloved by so many in, in uh, Southern Miss fan base, and appreciate his time on this Tuesday. Second segment brought to you by Campus Bookmark, located just across Hardy Street in Hattiesburg from the administration building. The main entrance to Southern Miss is a big old gold building across the street. Uh, you can get anything there related to Southern Miss. Uh, man, go get you some basketball swag. Even on, on campusbookmark.net where they're open 24-7, even you can start shopping baseball gear. So that's exciting. But campusbookmark.net, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Kelly Sander joining us, and uh, Kelly, I should uh, just go ahead and and say thank you for filling in for me, uh, and 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 Bob, as Bob was out last week, and as I was recovering from uh, from COVID nineteen, I know how you feel now, dude. Whenever you were talking about um, COVID and uh, man, just how crazy it is, I personally firsthand know what it's like. Thanks for uh, for filling in uh, the last week for us. Oh, you know, glad to do it. I mean, that's what that's what you do when you're part of a team. But it's a booger, isn't it, Luke? I mean, a lot of people honestly believe that Ooh. there's nothing to it. And of course, younger people, I get that. They just kind of like everything else in life. Things just seem to run off the you know run off their shoulders. But man, if you're in one of those groups, I mean, it's oof, man, it was brutal. I'm, I'm just glad that you're uh, you're up and at them a lot quicker than I was. So um, I'm glad that you're. Well, you uh, sound great today, man. You don't sound like you're. I appreciate any worse it. For, any worse for the wear. And so you go from he Hinton to the, one of the most loved guys, to me, <laughs> one of the most hated guys. And one of the reasons well, I'm one of those hated guys is because sometimes I have to deliver bad news. And this story is breaking as we speak. And it's going to have a, not necessarily has to do with sports, but it's, it's bad news. The city of New Orleans has just announced there will be no Mardi Gras in 2021. No Mardi Gras parade. Wow, that that is a interruption of what? How many hundreds of years? I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's it just broke like thirty seconds ago. No Mardi Gras parades. No Mardi no Mardi Gras festivities of any kind for 2021 in the city of New Orleans. Now let's talk about some other headlines going on, and then we'll sort this out, including the NCAA basketball tournament in Indianapolis. There is action tonight on the schedule: college football tonight, where Buffalo will travel. To Bowling Green, CBS Sports Network will have the TV coverage of that. Akron plays at Kent State. ESPN will cover that one for us. Uh, even though it's only Tuesday, the list of games canceled for this weekend continues to get longer. Three of them from Conference USA. UAB will not play at UTEP. That game has been canceled. Uh, Louisiana Tech will not play its game against Louisiana Monroe. That game was scheduled for Ruston. That game has been canceled. Charlotte was supposed to go to Marshall. That one has been canceled today. Charlotte and Marshall will not play. Other games that were already canceled include Arizona State at Colorado, Ole Miss at Texas A&M. In other football news from New Orleans, the New Orleans Saints camp, Drew Brees reportedly today had uh, x-rays done. They are reporting five fractures in his ribs, multiple fractures, at least five, they're saying with one collapsed lung. So the news not as good as originally thought, if there can be good news with an, with an injury. Let's just say it's worse than they expected. Uh, right now reporting five fractures with a collapsed lung. 
in junior college football action. Uh, three games still to be played. They were scheduled earlier, but because of COVID issues, they moved them to this Thursday. Itawamba plays at home. There's really no significance in that game other than playing for pride. Delta plays at Northwest. If Northwest wins that game, which statistically they should, then the Northwest Rangers would be the winners of the North. And then the uh, game against Jones and Gulf Coast scheduled to be played on Thursday. If Gulf Coast wins that, then Gulf Coast will be the winner of the South. Remember, because of the way they reworked everything because of COVID, there will only be one team in the playoffs in the North, which it looks like it'll be Northwest. And if, if Gulf Coast beats Jones, which is not going to be easy, but Gulf Coast uh, controls its own destiny, and Gulf Coast would be the winner of the South, and then those two would play for the state championship. And then the final news breaking today in college basketball, Coach Greg Marshall is out at Wichita State. He has resigned after uh, getting a $7.5 million buyout. It's amazing how uh, quickly you know, people would resign if you cut them a check for $7.5 million um, because of some improprieties on his watch at Wichita State. Meanwhile, Isaac Brown, an assistant coach for Wichita State, a native of Pascagoula, will take over as head coach of the Wichita State Wheat Shockers. We mentioned he's from Pascagoula. He played college basketball at Gulf Coast. So uh, he's also had stints at uh, Arkansas State and other uh, schools like that. So that's a little bit of what's going on across the country. And I know this is a sports show, but I, I dare say, Luke, most people are most disappointed that there will be no Mardi Gras next year. <laughs> you know? Are you going back to uh, the Wichita State situation and, and even uh, South Carolina with Will Muschamp? This is what, so. What if somebody said you stink at your job so bad? Here's thirteen million dollars, or here's seven million dollars, and we just don't want you to do your job anymore because you're so terrible at it. We're going to give you this much money. Just the the payouts, uh, the, the concept of payouts is is pretty amazing. It's hard to get your mind wrapped around it. It's it's the only job in the country that I know of that. I mean, normally you're lucky to get two weeks severance pay. They tell you to clean out your desk, and and that's putting it kindly. Uh, and go home, you know, and then, uh, you know, good luck to you. But I, I've never seen anything like it. And, of course, if all the athletic directors would get together and say, we're not, we're not giving these guys these contracts anymore, you know, let's, let's make the contracts incentive-laden. All right, but if you, get, if you stink and, and aren't doing a good, good job, you should be fired with no pay. I mean, and if these, if these coaches are, you know, going, taking these other jobs or getting fired, then if they leave the school – you know, they don't get fired, but let's say they get hired by a different school, then that coach should have to pay the school $7.5 million. These yeah. contracts are only good for the coaches. There's, there's no protection at all for the university, and it's just, just, just not right. It's just no wonder everybody wants to be a head coach. I mean, talk to Ellis Johnson. That guy's a multimillionaire. Um, <laughs> so, you know, anyway, let's just drop it, okay? I get a little bit. <laughs> there we go. Let's uh, let's talk about something that's dear dear to my heart and uh, a, a place that's dear to your heart, Indianapolis. Uh, this came out yesterday, and we were talking basketball last segment with with Heath Hinton and the Golden Eagles prospects. You know, I think everybody was disappointed uh, that there was no March Madness this year, and that's just kind of one of those events uh, that that all of America embraces. Uh, that, that opening Thursday and Friday rounds. Very not much work gets done across America. Everybody's watching uh, March Madness, but you know well, because not, of not... COVID going into it. Good, uh, good news uh, yesterday. It, it will take place, but they're in talks with with having the entire sixty eight team tournament 
rather than being split out across uh, you know the the eight venues plus the playing games, and you look at the different venues, I think it equals up to be about thirteen different places. All of it is going to take place in Indianapolis, or that, that's that's the plan for right now. Last year, it uh, was about three hundred seventy-five million dollars lost. Your thoughts about having the entire March Madness in one location? Well, just having fun to correct you about not a whole lot of work gets done. I'll tell you what: the people at Buffalo Wild Wings work their butts off <laughs> <laughs> on Thursday through Sunday. To but I, I hear what you're saying. Um, a couple of things that, that the NCAA is going to have to navigate. First of all, I totally get why having it in one place. It goes, it goes back to the way that, uh, you know, the, the soccer league at the beginning of the year, the North American Soccer League was the only, you know, major league soccer was able to get their games in is because they had a, these, these bubble areas, you know, where it was easier to contain and test players in one area rather than, than 13 in this case, as you had mentioned. So I get that. But financially, you know, it's going to be, how are they going to, uh, you know, I don't know how they're going to split the monies to these different schools unless it's just going to be based on, you know, how many games you win, just to straight up how many games you win. Because, you know, there were these different sites that were hosting these had to, had to bid on the opportunity to host these tournaments. So that's going to be a lot of money that the NCAA will not have in the coffers because if they're just having it you know, in the one place. But on the other hand, Indianapolis is a, is, a, is a real clean city. It's centrally located, so it should be easy for people to get in and out of. And, of course, that's where the headquarters of the NCAA is. So it makes perfect sense. And you would think, you know, heaven for Finn, next March, you would think, or and actually we don't crown a champion in college basketball until mid-April, you would think with all the technology and medicine now that we're hearing from Pfizer and Moderna that, that the vaccines would be well on their way, if not already in and accessible to people by you know February and March. But I guess better safe than sorry. And, um, and look, they got a plan. You planned your work, now work your plan. I think of, of everything out there, I think that's probably a good idea. Well, if Scott, if they need Conference USA's expertise, we can teach them how to play two uh, games at once in the same venue. To, to get it done, we're experts outside the bubble. Pardon the pun at, at that. Kelly, appreciate your time. We'll have you back uh, for segment. Thanks for coming on. All right, bud. Talk to you later. Kelly Sander, we'll take a step aside and take another break. Lee Roberts up with us next. Stick with us on the Eagle Hour. continues on a Tuesday. Thank you for being with us. Kelly Sander will be back next segment. Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in beautiful downtown Laurel. Michael Mergen's producing in Hattiesburg. Bob out today. He'll be back tomorrow. Happy to have you with us on a just a absolutely gorgeous November afternoon. 
Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, home of the 895 Lunch. Every single day it includes a drink, uh, lots of football um, on right now, and basketball starting to uh, to kick up. 4th Street Bar and Grill, great place to take it all in. We appreciate their sponsorship of the Eagle Hours Tuesday. So uh, we go to... The phones to talk to Lee Roberts, former Southern Miss Golden Eagle quarterback and now the color color analyst for the football broadcast. Lee, uh, we were talking some basketball a little earlier, and um, you know we got a number four on the basketball team that has the last name of Roberts. You ever heard of him? Uh, I've heard a little bit about him, so super proud of Blake, obviously, and uh, you know looking forward to a, a fun basketball year. Hopefully. You know, things will get started on time. I know, you know, a lot of planning has gone in. But, yeah, super, super proud uh, of Blake and what he's been able to accomplish. And, like I said, I'm really looking forward to that team getting on the court. I know they're a much improved team for sure and uh, looking forward to that. Coach, uh, Ladner called his basketball team gumbo. So, you know, what, what is Blake? What is the ingredient Blake would be in a big pot of gumbo? You know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe some rice, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> You know, a, a guy with, uh, you know, he's more, he's going to be a role player, obviously. I, I think, uh, you know, he's a guy that, that works really hard at practice and, you know, gives, uh, you know, the, the starting group a, a really good look. And, you know, I think he's a very educated kid on the court as well. So, you know, a, a student of the game for sure. And, uh, and and he can shoot it as well. So we'll we'll wait and see. We we know he gets those smarts from his mama. But uh, we're, I think this is the most Absolutely. excited that – that Southern Miss fans have been towards basketball in quite some time. Football, um, you guys were up in Bowling Green, Kentucky uh, this weekend. You know, Lee, what can you say about this team, man? I mean, you just every possible thing goes against them, and then Thursday uh, with, with Jack Abraham opting out, what do they do? They go on the road, they play their guts out. Uh, you're a missed field goal and a few plays at the end away from, from coming away with a road win. I mean, I, I guess – Southern Miss fans obviously don't want to lose, and I'm not a moral victory guy. But man, they they played hard Saturday. You know they really did, and and if you look at this team, this is a team that never quits. They're a, a very gutty team. You know they they give it their all, and I mean if you could just see you know the last play of the game when Cole Cavallo laid out, I mean you could just see the frustration that you know when he dropped the ball, the frustration on. Trey Lowe's face when he threw it a little further than he probably should have to the sideline. And, you know, I mean, there, there's 11 guys on the field at any given point, and, and those guys are, are working their tails off. And, and I hope that the fans do see it. I mean, we see it. I mean, Coach Billings preaches it, you know, especially defensively. He says, you know, this is a group that's beginning to look like, you know, what was so-called the nasty bunch. I know Southern Miss defense is the first part of the year. You know, had a lot of missed tackles, a lot of missed assignments. Um, you know, but this, but this is a team that, you know, gave up 10 points on Saturday. And then you know, I can't remember to North Alabama how many points they gave up, but very low scoring game again. So for two weeks in a row, they've, they've played their tails off. And, you know, and they gave up those 10 points early uh, in that first quarter. I mean, we, we looked up and had really not even got the broadcast started. We're down 10 to nothing. And it's like, wow, what's going on? And then fourth quarter, we look up and we're, you know, we're still down ten to nothing, and so we knew at that point we had we had a chance. Just offensively, really couldn't couldn't get things going. And uh, you know, I know I talked to Coach Kubik yesterday. He just said he, you know, probably wasn't as aggressive as he as he could have been and should have been. But 
again, when you're game planning offensively with Jack Abraham at quarterback, and then on Thursday get the news that he's going to opt out, it's, it, it really puts your offense in a in a tough situation. You know, with with Trey Lowe, just not the experience that you know Abraham has, and really not the experience that Tate Wally has had, but. Again, a guy that went out and, and competed and didn't have his best game. He made some decisions, you know, keeping the football in his hands too long, give, you know, giving up a sack. But, again, he was a, he was a competitor and he was fighting to the end. I, uh, I, I'm asking this not to talk about Jack Abraham. We've dealt with, earlier in the show and yesterday, we dealt with the predicament that he put his team in by choosing to, to opt out on a Thursday. So I'm not rehashing that by asking this. But help Southern Miss fans understand as a former quarterback, it's not just like, you know, well, you know, this is the next guy up and, you know, just stick him in there and he's he's got to, you know, do well. I mean – Lee, how how crazy important are, are reps during a game week? I think Southern Miss fans criticizing Trey Lowe don't realize how much mental preparation goes into the quarterback at the D1 level, and it's not just like you can make up those reps from Thursday to Friday to be ready to play Saturday. No, you can't. And and, and really, I mean, it's about the chemistry. And, and even the reps that he gets in practice prior to the last two weeks, I mean, it was, you know, sharing time, maybe – you know, a couple reps here and there with the with the number twos, and you know, so even during the game week, I mean, you can't you cannot get three quarterbacks ready to play to play, and that's just the nature of the beast. I mean, you got to have your number one ready, and you got to have your number two ready in case one goes down. Unfortunately, one and two have gone down, and you know, three was the guy we had to get ready, and he did have the one week of full practice, but that was really the only week that he had. You know, and even I look back to it, the first time that he came in. Um, you know, kind of finished up some duties in the second half when Jack did get knocked out. I mean, trailing through it a couple times, but I felt like he did some things pretty good that game. And then, obviously, picking up his first win last week against North Alabama, and then again having him in that situation. So, you, 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 until you get in the game, you never have game ready reps. But again, he never had the opportunity to have experience before he really got into the game. So, um, you know, I'd say if, if he's the guy to go this week, you know, third, third week as a starter, I think you'll see a different offense. But, um, you know, I think we're waiting day to day, too, on, on the uh, progress of, of Tate Wally as well. Yeah, I, we were talking to Heath Hinton a little earlier, and it looks like uh, there, there's a good chance that, that Tate will be available. Uh, to to play defensively, Lee. Going back, uh, you you talked a little earlier about how how well the defense played in the second half of the game. I'm just looking at the second half stats. Obviously, they don't give up any points. They give up 100 yards, 69 on the ground, 31 in the air. Uh, they forced uh, Western Kentucky two of seven in third down the second half. What have you seen? Um, I guess the second half of the Rice game, people look at that thirty to six and forget that the second half was really good defensively. Uh, you know, North Alabama, whatever you want to call that. But what what have you seen from Rice and the second half of the Western Kentucky game that has a, a, just given them su- success and some confidence and made them better? Yeah, I mean, I, I just think you, you get in a game, and again, this is a defense that you know did not return many starters, and the starters that we did return you know, haven't really played a whole lot. So you've had to see guys like Hayes Maples and Santrell Latham and um, in, in Saturday, Zach Portlock stepping up in the linebacker position. And, and, and again, that's that's your quarterback. And so if you're playing without your starting linebackers, 
you're basically playing without your starting quarterback. And credit those guys. They they played extremely well, and, and they are getting better. And, and Coach Billings even said, I mean, we're in, we just finished game eight of the season, and you're starting to now see some differences in some of those JUCO guys, especially in the secondary, start to get better. And then the coaching change that we made moving Coach Billings into the secondary, putting Rick Menner, former Cincinnati head coach and uh, Notre Dame coordinator, coaching the defense line. I just think you, we've got more eyes now in the secondary um, with Coach Butcher and Coach um, uh, Cedric Thomas and now um, Chris Boone in the, in the secondary as well. So we've got a lot of eyes back there, and I think uh, those guys just needed some, some attention. And, and I think that part of the game is improving as well. So I, mean, I think – Linebacker and secondary, we're starting to see a lot of improvement, and that's kind of where we've where we've seen, especially the second half adjustments as well. I'm glad you brought up a, a name just a second ago. I, I was uh, just really enthused to see Portlock the way that he played. Hayes Maples has been a guy; he's been a run stopper all year. But but Zach Portlock comes in, redshirt junior. Uh, he made eight tackles, two and a half tackles for loss. He has a sack. I mean, most guys want that to be a line through two or three games. He was a guy, I mean, you talk about, you know, stepping up. I mean, Portlock lit it up as soon as he got in there. And I guess some Southern Miss fans would be like, man, like this guy, like where's he been? But it's just a, a guy where you, you've got, you know, other guy, talented guys in front of him, but he made the most of his, uh, of his uh, time. And I think he'll, he'll play a lot going forward. No, it, it, that's exactly right. I mean, I think this linebacker room is probably, you know, the deepest room, you know, of our defense right now. And, you know, we have some studs. Hopefully Swayze Bozeman will get back as well. And then, you know, other guys like TQ Newsom. I mean, uh, he, he's a guy that's seen a little bit of action, plays some special teams. But I think Zach Portlock, I mean, yeah, we're going to see a, a lot out of him going forward. I mean, even when we are full at the linebacker position because of the energy he brought, um, just how he stepped up and you know big made really big plays, whether it was tackles behind the line of scrimmage or sacks, like you just said, or really even just uh, you know making contact and, and continuing this team to try to pick up an, another win. So defensively, I feel like we're going to continue to get better, and, and I've seen it in the last couple of weeks for sure as well. Lee, we appreciate your time, man. Have a great week, and hopefully, we're talking about a win against UTSA uh, next Tuesday. Thanks for being on the Eagle Hour. All right, Luke. Appreciate you, my man. Have a great one. It's Lee Roberts, former Southern Miss quarterback, color analyst for the football broadcast team. We'll step aside and finish up the Eagle Hour right after this. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Final segment today brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg. They're located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg or online, toyotahattiesburg.com. Website has it all. Search all the inventory, new, pre-owned, certified, secure financing. You can even value your trade-in as you get ready to purchase your new vehicle. Let Toyota of Hattiesburg help you. Luke. And Michael Mergens from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel on this Tuesday. Conference USA results over the weekend. Florida Atlantic defeats Florida International 38-19. to That game was on Friday. And then 
Three games on Saturday. Marshall remains undefeated at 7-0. and They defeat Middle Tennessee at home, 42-14. to That was the uh, on the 50th anniversary of the horrific plane crash and uh, Thunder and Herd honoring that team this year, jumping out to a 7-0 and record. UTSA blows out UTEP in the Battle of Texas, 52-21. to Southern Miss will take on the Roadrunners uh, this coming weekend. And then, of course, Western Kentucky defeats the Eagles 10-7. Three games were canceled. Gardner-Webb and Charlotte canceled. North Texas at UAB canceled. And Rice at Louisiana Tech uh, was uh, postponed, all those from this past weekend. The updated Conference USA football standings in the East. Marshall 4-0 and and 7-0 and overall. Florida Atlantic in second place 4-1. and Charlotte 2-1. and Western Kentucky 2-3. and Middle Tennessee 2-4. and And FIU 0 oh, and 2. On the west side, UAB leading the west 2 and 1. Overall, Louisiana Tech 3 and 2, UTSA 3 and 2, Rice 1 and 1, North Texas 1 and 2, uh, Southern Miss 1 and 3 and UTEP 0 oh, and 3. Golden Eagles will take on UTSA this coming weekend. Bring in Kelly Sander um, again on the phone with us and and uh, Kelly, again, I, I told you earlier in, in the program, appreciate you filling in a, a lot for uh, for me. But yeah, I, I guess two Fridays ago, or two Thursdays ago, late Thursday night, I was uh, getting ready to eat and I couldn't taste or smell anything. And Friday morning, woke up, and this was on November the 6th, and I uh, couldn't taste or smell anything, went and got a test. And uh, they, they don't, on the little piece of paper, it doesn't say positive or negative. It says detected or undetected. And I had a detected diagnosis. Lauren went and got uh, diagnosed. Uh, she was detected also. And, man, um, my, my wife had a more of a mild case. So she had a couple of uh, difficult days. But I remember you telling me early on just how tired you got. And I guess that was really the first symptom other than not being able to taste or smell was the fatigue. And then that kind of led into some fever and uh, some body ache. Uh, But, man, I I have rarely in my life felt as fatigued and tired as I did when, man, it just hit me. Yeah, I was, and it's, and that's kind of the way that we don't know. Still, don't know a whole lot about this virus, but uh, but I'm told, and of course, I've read a lot about it since I had it. Is that that's one of the mechanisms the virus uses to be able to attack your lungs? Is the natural, you know, the natural reaction to being tired is just to go down, right, and not do anything. Well, that's the worst thing you can actually do because when you lay down, you know, you're not really using your lungs, you're not taxing your lungs at all, and that's when the virus and its armies get in there and do the damage when you don't even know it's being done. Uh, then when you get up and try to use your lungs and can't use them, then you know that you're in trouble. So. Uh, to anybody that's listening, that, that you know, if, if you think you, if you're early on in your COVID uh, rehabilitation, then you use your lungs as difficult as it might be to get up off the couch and you're tired to take, you know, vacuum the carpet, um, sweep the floors, do something in your house. If you have a second story, walk up and down the stairs a couple times an hour, um, walk the neighborhood if you can, just. You, you cannot lay there. You've got to get up and walk around and use your lungs because if you're using your lungs, then it, it holds the virus at bay a little bit. Now, certainly I'm no doctor, but I'm just saying that I think that the reason I didn't, I had every other symptom, every other symptom except the breathing issues. And I think that's because, you know, my daughter, I've got two daughters that are nurses, and they said, use those lungs because if you don't, then the virus will probably get those lungs too. So breathing exercises, do whatever you can, but don't, don't just lay there. Even though you want to, we were uh, 
we were we were texting back and forth. You kept telling me that Lauren had me doing some breathing exercises. Uh, you know, for me, it was I was so miserable, especially Sunday through Tuesday. I was running. Uh, I ran like a little fever early on, and you know, so then I was like, "Oh, I got fever," but it, I'm just a baby. Ninety nine. Well, we checked it like Monday night, dude. I was running like one hundred three plus, and yeah. I was <laughs> so I was like, "Whoa, wow, okay, yeah." So th- that's why I feel bad, and and then uh, we started getting on a hardcore regimen of you know Tylenol and and uh, ibuprofen and sw- swapping that up. But, you know, I just want to commend my wife, man. You, you talked about your daughters. She's dealing with COVID herself, and then she's yeah. taking care of me around the clock. So, you know, if and you're I, out there and, 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 and you need to we, – we've been saying it for a long time. You need to listen to Dr. Dobbs, Dr. Horn, these people. It's serious, and take it for two dudes that have been through it. Yeah, and, and honestly, full, full disclosure here, Luke, Bob and I have been we're concerned because you're, you're out in the community. You know, he and I are – obviously a generation older than you and so we we've always been kind of laying low but as much as i was laying low i still got it but you've been out you know in tornado relief and all the other things that you're doing in your ministries we thought for sure that you would have been exposed to it and gotten it a lot earlier but um you've been through it now and hopefully you'll get a vaccine before your antibodies wear out and i know we're running out of time so it's good to have you back Appreciate it, Kelly. Appreciate everybody else out there uh, praying for us, thinking of us. And, uh, man, just glad to, to be back. Bob should be back tomorrow. Uh, got a, a good show for you the rest of the week. Thank you for being with us today. And uh, same time tomorrow. Come back and, and uh, hang with us for another hour on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. We'll catch you then. And, as always, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. top. To the Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.